Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Good morning and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. For nearly seven decades, Champaign-Urbana's daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join it on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or email us at talk at wdws.com. Now... Here's your host, Brian Barnhart. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to a Friday, June the 3rd. Great to have you with us in the year 2022 as we come your way on a great-looking day out there. Man, is it fabulous. Uh, Sunny and pleasant, a high of uh, 83. This is the uh, Chamber of Commerce weather. And uh, Southern California-type weather, if you will, here today. We're at 69 degrees, and uh, man, it looks nice. Good to have you with us, however and wherever you might be listening today on this Friday. A lot of open line time today here at the end of the week. Had a lot of great emails, uh, texts, phone calls over the last few days. So we'll do some more of that uh, here today. We're going to start the show here in a few minutes uh, just talking about the Muhammad Seymour Schools referendum uh, which has been a big, big topic out where I live. Uh, and we'll just kind of get to the first perspective. There are several different perspectives on it, what needs to be done, what should be done, what shouldn't be done. Uh, and that's been a very, very hot topic in um, Muhammad. But the superintendent out there, who is uh, soon not going to be the superintendent, but she has been the last few years, Dr. Lindsay Hall will join us for a few minutes, uh, scheduled to talk with her just about the referendum and just kind of what it's about and what are the parameters and uh, and I'm sure there'll be some other perspectives we'll hear from along the way, too, before the end of the month on this. We'll kind of touch on that because that's one of the things that will be voted on there. Uh, big news, of course, last night. President Biden talks about gun violence and has some proposed measures. That was a, a big story. This is, um, what did they say, is it day 100 of the uh, Russia-Ukraine war that has been ongoing? Does that sound about right? A jobs report out this morning did add some jobs. Forget the exact number. Was it 300,000, 400,000, I think, that were added? Uh, but, uh, of course, inflation continues to be a big issue. And uh, Elon um, Musk is uh, not very optimistic based on some of his comments about the economy at large. And we've had a lot of talk about that the last few days, too, and the price of gas and electric vehicles and all of that tied together. Of course, with uh, the violence, Tulsa hospital gunman blames a surgeon out there uh, is why he uh, apparently attacked that uh, doctor's office for some back surgery pain that he was experiencing. That came out uh, yesterday. Overuse of melatonin, a sleep aid. have some interesting numbers on that. And a lot of sports to talk about here locally. So we'll do all of that. Uh, here to get the show started here on A Penny for Your Thoughts on a Friday. And then I've got those great coin flip stories 
that I promised from yesterday. We'll get to those as we go along this morning on the show. First, this time out, and then Dr. Lindsey Hall from out in Muhammad about the referendum. Next on A Penny for Your Thoughts. All right, 9-12 on a penny for your thoughts here at 74 degrees. Plenty of sunshine. Looks like a great weekend of weather. A lot of great activities. Festival of Quilts, of course. We talked about that uh, along the way this week out at Cunningham. They're underway with that. The uh, Soda Fest in Muhammad. you got all kinds of high school sports. Unity, my alma mater, playing later today in softball. Uh, you got Muhammad girls playing softball. you got Muhammad baseball. You've got uh, Leroy baseball. I mean, it's... Uh, the track, I mean, uh, has been going on, of course, in the last couple of weeks. I mean, it's a busy, busy place. 217-356-9397 is our phone number. Text line is 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at wdws.com. And amidst all of that, and we've had a couple of candidates, or have already had one on. We've got another one coming up next week. As we get into primary month, also in Muhammad, there's a referendum in regards to uh, schools, and that's been a big topic in the community where I live uh, currently. And Dr. Lindsey Hall is with us, superintendent out at Muhammad. That is a busy place, isn't it, Lindsey, in Muhammad? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Good morning, Brian. Yes, we're thrilled about our, our softball and baseball teams, both playing for a sectional championship, and um, that's, as you mentioned, the Soda Fest tomorrow downtown. Uh, so lots, lots of really great stuff going on. Yeah. Well, it's been a good year for Muhammad Seymour, especially in sports, I mean, across the board. Yes, yes, it has. Um, we we are just blessed with um, great families and kids and so much support for, for our schools and incredible coaches. And um, we did win the Apollo Conference um, all-athletic title this year, and um, it, it's, been a, it's been a wonderful year. And Goodness knows um, our kids and families deserve it uh, after a couple of, you know, difficult years navigating yeah. COVID, of course, which, of course, everybody's been through. So, yeah, Bulldog Nation <laughs> is in great shape. Yeah, well, you've been uh, – how many years as superintendent there? Uh, finishing up my fifth year. Okay. And uh, you're getting yeah. ready to leave here fairly soon, right? I I am retiring, yeah. yes. Yeah, uh, so just a couple more weeks left, and um, it's been an honor to serve in this capacity for our kids and community. Truly been a blessed to be able to do this. Well, you may have heard me mention I grew up in Tolono and uh, Unity High School, oh, and, yeah. uh, and Tolono and Muhammad were pretty similar-sized communities when I was growing up. But obviously Muhammad is growing and continues to grow at a pretty rapid rate. Some people like that, some people don't. Uh, and when it comes to schools, you're getting more and more uh, kids, obviously, that are going to school in Muhammad. Uh, so kind of paint the picture for me of the referendum that is being proposed. Uh, why why is it being proposed? Tell me, give me the scope, paint me the picture of the referendum. What's what's going on, sure. what's needed, et cetera. So. Yeah, well, thank you. I um, appreciate the opportunity to talk about it, and you're exactly right. Um, our community continues to grow. Um, uh, families are, are moving here, um, and what, what we hear is they moved to Muhammad Seymour for the schools. And um, the, the village of Muhammad itself is one of the only 
um, few, I shouldn't say only, but there, there are very few communities um, in Illinois that are growing in population, and Muhammad happens to be one of them. So that definitely has an impact on our schools, and um, we have decided to uh, put this bond issue on the ballot on June 28th. It's a building referendum, and it is to accommodate uh, our our growth in enrollment, which has been um, very steadily climbing. The last time we had a, a slight downturn in enrollment was 2009, and since 2009, our enrollment has grown uh, by 20%. So. This year, um, finishing up the 21-22 school year, we had over 3,300 students pre-K through 12th grade, and uh, our enrollment is forecasted to be over 3,500 students by the year 2030, which um, sometimes sounds like a long ways away, but it's only it's only uh, seven and a half years from now. So um, that, that kind of paints the enrollment picture um, for uh, what's, what's happening out here, and uh, in, in order to accommodate that growth, um, you know, our, our buildings have to have the appropriate capacity to serve all the students that come here, and frankly, we're just, we're out of space. So, um, in particular, our junior high, which has served our community for over 60 years, uh, is not going to be able to be cost-effectively renovated or expanded. And so we've looked at uh, not only replacing that building, but uh, addressing the capacity issues in our other three buildings with this bond issue. So the the price tag of the referendum is $97.9 million. Uh, that covers um, quite a bit of work, again, uh, in three of our buildings, and then also building a new 6th through 8th grade building to replace the current junior high. And we would be adding um, more classrooms in each building additional learning space at every building, along with critical building repairs and renovations. And again, a, a new 6th uh, through 8th grade building, uh, the plan would be for that to be built um, south of Middletown Prairie Elementary. The district already owns land out there, which uh, is an appropriate amount of land to build a new 6th through 8th grade building. We would also be moving um, our transportation department uh, out to that area, and um, by moving uh, the junior high and the transportation department out of the current location, which is um, kind of in a concentrated space right in the middle of town. We would also be alleviating um, what's becoming some pretty severe congestion and traffic issues in the morning and afternoon and just create an overall uh, safer environment for our students who are arriving and, and leaving school in the mornings and afternoons. So, um, you know, again, we're looking at accommodating enrollment growth and uh, at this point right now, we uh, um, are are extremely limited on space in terms of adding classrooms. We're starting to turn uh, spaces that were not meant for classrooms into classrooms for teaching as our enrollment continues to grow. And in addition, I think it's important for our community to know that um, we will have a trailer at our junior high um, arriving in a couple of weeks, uh, that trailer has two classrooms in it, and again, this is to accommodate um, space needs at that building because we just, at, at the junior high in particular, we uh, do not have any more classroom space. No. So um, that's, that's, a, that's a quick overview, <laughs> and um, I can continue to, to talk about some of the details of the bond issue as well. Yeah, well, there's the Lincoln Trail project. You mentioned, I think that's been mentioned. Uh, the Middletown Prairie, uh, the junior high, obviously, is at the at the crux of this. 
I'm sure you get yeah. a lot of you know, when you have a project like this. There's all kinds of input. I'm sure we, we maybe we need to do this, or we should think about this, and do we do this less of this or more of that? I'm sure there's been a lot of that in the community, right? Trying to figure out when you approach a big yeah. project like this, you have to figure out what's the best way to do it, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And um, so we, what we did in order to get that input. Uh, we conducted a community engagement initiative that started in uh, actually started in January of 2021. Uh, we had five community engagement meetings from April of 21 through November. Um, we invited uh, our entire community in. It was open to all. We did in-person meetings. We did Zoom meetings, and um, this was the plan that that we came up with. Um, there were some other options on the table that frankly just are, are not cost effective. They don't address, uh, they, they don't create a long-term solution for our district. Um, and with this current plan um, that we have, you know, in addition to adding classrooms and fine art space at, at our high school, um, we have the opportunity uh, about um, seven, or, seven or eight years from now to do a second phase of construction when we have some bonds that will be paid off. And so um, w this plan addresses not only our most critical needs right now, but then um, a second phase of, of addressing needs can take place without raising the tax rate um, in, uh, in and around the year 2030, 2031. So we want to act now. Um, it allows us to take advantage of, of low interest rates and um, you know we do see rising costs but we did, uh, we did invite our community to give input on this. Um, lots of folks did um, and, and came and provided feedback. And the plan that's on the ballot is, is what we landed on with the feedback of, of the community. And again, it's, it's a long-term vision. Um, it takes us out uh, about 20 years. And um, we don't want to have to go back to our taxpayers and ask again in, in the near future. Um, we want to take care of this. and. Um, continue to support the excellent uh, education that traditionally Muhammad Seymour has provided to our students and uh, be able to look into the future knowing that we have appropriate facilities. Mm -hmm. uh, with us is Dr. Lindsay Hall, superintendent at uh, Muhammad Seymour, talking about this referendum that's coming up on uh, June the 28th that has been discussed. Uh, when you talked to the News Gazette, it was interesting you said um, school districts cannot save enough money over time to pay for such future <laughs> projects. Uh, and I know that's a that's a complicated thing, and we could probably spend an hour going yeah. through how you fund. Um, but yes. it, 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 how do you keep the cost where it is? You know, like I know Champagne had their big referendum a few years ago, and you know it's, everything gets more expensive as you go along. Um, and trying to save money and trying to go forward on those can be tricky, right? Yes, a great question. Uh, and and my, my comment in the News Gazette was, was, uh, was based on some questions that I've gotten, really good questions. I um, just appreciate that people are asking and wanting to learn more and, and really um, wanting to make an informed vote when they go to the polls on June 28th or, or when they vote early. And uh, I mean, it's just not possible for school districts to, you know, basically set aside money to address uh, this, this amount of uh, construction and facilities work that we need. There's really um, just a couple of ways that schools can can address facilities issues, and one is through property taxes, and the other is through the county school facility sales tax, which we're very fortunate to have in Cham in Champaign County. Um, 
my school district, uh, since we've had the, the school's facility sales tax over the last 10 years, we've invested over $20 million into our buildings uh, without having to ask our taxpayers for a tax rate increase. Um, so we've, we've invested, we've kept things um, at, at, a, at a level that, that we want to. Uh, we've built Middletown Prairie Elementary School with uh, sales tax money. And so now we, we feel that we do have to go to our taxpayers and, and make an ask. Um, that's, it, it's not, uh, I mean, it's not taken lightly at all uh, to, to do this, but we, we, we don't just have, um, you know, money in the bank to, to pay for this kind of stuff. And frankly, um, if we did have that kind of money in the bank, I think we'd be getting a lot of questions about why wouldn't we be investing that back into our school? So mm -hmm. it's exactly right. Uh, we we could do a, an entire show on school finance. It's uh, <laughs> kind of a complicated beast, and um, we we feel that this is a responsible, conservative approach. Mm -hmm. uh, we we understand we're we're very very aware of the rising costs of so many different things right now. Um, you know we we can't exceed the amount that we're asking for on the referendum. And so we're going to make the most of, of all the dollars that we can get uh, to, to bring a, a quality product to our students, most importantly, and to our taxpayers. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of a, a, it's a good problem to have in that the community is growing. You mentioned people coming for the schools, yes. and I've heard that repeatedly over the last several years. Um, and yet, you know, I know when you talk to teachers they that teach in the school, particularly the junior high, it's like, hey, we've got situations where we've got one classroom and we're dividing it in two to have two yes, different classrooms or and and yeah. so the you know that those are things that you got to consider i mean that's the reality i mean we can people can debate what's best to do and what we should be doing or shouldn't be doing but when you get to the teachers they're the ones that on the ground have to deal with this that is absolutely right and i'm so glad that that you brought that up um we we have we have um, divided spaces. We've put up dividers. We've built walls. Um, you know, and but so we're creating smaller spaces to continue to have um, more students arrive. And so, um, you know, the, the high quality schools in Muhammad Seymour are key in maintaining our property values here. Um, we we look at this as an investment not only in our schools but in property values. And the Muhammad Seymour School District has been a point of pride for our communities for for years and years and years. And um, we know that our, our taxpayers value that, uh, but we also come to them saying we are really at a critical point here. We don't want to wait because if, if we had good options for creating space at this point, Brian, we would be doing that. Um, we've, we've used some really creative thinking. Um, and again, I go back to the, to the fact that we have a trailer with two classrooms arriving for our junior high uh, in just a couple of weeks. And so we're going to have teachers teaching in portable classrooms. So um, our, our staff is absolutely amazing. But we want to provide them with quality facilities as well where they feel um, that they are safe and where they can practice their professionalism and expertise uh, to the greatest degree possible and provide that education to our kids that our community has come to expect. Let me ask you, Lindsay, last question. Uh, if this passes, uh, June 28, and I know you're hoping it will, um, what's the timeline for new buildings? I mean, what, what are you looking at? Great question. Yeah. We, well, um, we will enter into the design phase immediately, and the time frame would be to open the new 6th through 8th grade building in the fall of 2024. 
and complete the rest of the work at all of the three other buildings uh, by the fall of 2025. So it is a very ambitious timeline, but there's a reason for that. And again, I just go back to um, we are we're out of space, so it's going to be um, it's going to be fast and ambitious uh, if we pass this. And um, again, it's it's to uh, best serve best serve our students and families. So we just encourage everybody to vote on June 28th. Um, you can vote early now. Um, and uh, if you need any information about the referendum, please visit our website or contact me. I am happy to talk through any questions or issues that folks have, and we just want to get the facts out there so people make an informed vote when they go to the polls. Okay. That sounds great. And what's the best way to reach you? Just call the school? Is that the uh, Yep, call district? the district office. Okay. Um, my, my email is on our website, okay. uh, and so I'm, I'm, I think I'm fairly accessible. So uh, I welcome those questions, and if I don't know the answer, I'll get it for you. Okay. Well, thank you, Lindsay. Appreciate all the uh, all the information on this, and uh, good luck to you personally uh, in your f- in your future you. endeavors. It. So, okay. Thank you. Yep. Yes. Thanks so much, Brian. Right. Appreciate the time. Talk to you later. Thank you. Very good. Bye bye, Doctor Lindsay Hall. She is the superintendent in Muhammad Muhammad Seymour Schools. Uh, so there's a lot of detail there. Uh, if you want, if you go back to the uh, News Gazette on Saturday, May the twenty eighth, you can uh, you can pull that up. And you can read more in depth. Uh, Dave Hinton did a great uh, story, some of the details on it. And there have been some some counterpoints, some other views uh, in Muhammad. I, I just know living out there that there's a lot of discussion uh, about, well, maybe we sh- instead of doing this, we should do that. Or we should do more of this or less of that. Or, you know, that cost, uh, could that cost grow? Or uh, So, I mean, there's always, I think, in a, I've never managed a project this big, but I'm guessing... Um, there's a lot of thoughts, and the school board vote, I think, to approve putting it on the referendum was four to three. So that tells you right there it was pretty, pretty close uh, as to what to do. And so, um, anyway, just uh, wanted to get the her vantage point on it, and I'm sure there are others who will uh, can weigh in along the way too once we get closer as well to uh, June the 28th. All right, bottom of the hour. Let me get the break in. We'll come back some news headlines. Open line here the rest of the morning. Howard Johnson's is no more the last Howard Johnson's. And I wanted to uh, probe a little bit during the course of the morning, if you remember the Howard Johnson's in Champaign and Urbana, anything from them. Uh, we'll talk about the last one that just closed in upstate New York. But to all of that, straight ahead, a lot of big stuff to talk about too, fun, serious, and otherwise, next on A Penny for Your Thoughts. 9.37 on A Penny for Your Thoughts here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. If you haven't checked out the FM side of things, certainly welcome to do that. We did that several months ago here in year 85 of this year radio station. 74 degrees here at the uh, News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM radio center. Edmund is on with us today. Hi, Edmund. Hey, good morning. Now, basically, I have like three points and everything. One, I didn't listen to Biden's speech last night, but they uh, had the uh, assault weapons ban, and I'm old enough to remember the uh, uh, the controversy involving the Saturday night specials, and the, and the argument that was being made was if you got rid of these guns, you know, which are only criminals would use, the, um, the gun crime will go down. Well, that didn't happen. If anything, it seemed to have gotten worse in terms of the you know, criminals use what weapons available. I, I know the AR-15, they had, uh, my understanding is they had civilian equivalent of of the M-16, even back in like the 60s and 70s, but they didn't really become prevalent until like recent years. Again, criminals seem to 
uh, you know, go what what was available, which was you know far more serious uh, in terms of calibers and you know firepower than what you know the Saturday night specials were. I know President Reagan and the, the three others they were shot with a, this cheap gun. The second point there regarding um, you know the, the, the responsibilities of staff and students, and there have been you know in a number of these shootings, they said, well, the teacher were was trying to protect the students, yet it's illegal. And I know in Illinois and I think in Connecticut, you know, Sandy Hook, or anybody other than licensed law enforcement to, to carry a gun, even if they have a concealed carry permit, onto school property. And so it's just, uh, and they run the risk, and you wonder about the, the liability or possible criminal pro- prosecution if, you know, even if it was shown that the, the shooting, you know, if, they, if any of the staff had to use lethal force. I know in in the Parkland shooting and everything, there was actually a teacher and a student that saw the the gunman walk up with a rifle case or loading the rifle and did not do anything other than like report it. And you know, there was a the, the shooting down in Texas where the um, the teacher involved it with a disposed unlocked door. They said, "Well, it's not their responsibility," and makes you wonder whether you know the, uh, they don't want the, the responsibility because they fear that they might be you know possibly prosecuted or sued. Mm-hmm. And third involves um, the third point I want to make here regarding the celebrity. They had the various, you know, actors or um, sports figures making comments about that, and usually again promoting gun control. Well, it seems as if they they have kind of a, a limited perspective in that um, you know they don't seem to criticize members of their own group, like you know um, actors regarding uh, Roman Polanski and you know what his actions were and everything. They're curiously silent or, um, you know, seem to give support on it. In the same way with sports figures, it seems like hardly a week goes by without some sports figure, mm-hmm. you know, being charged with something. So basically, again, the, the hypocrisy, in my opinion, they don't really have much room to talk. I know there was a report in the News Gazette this morning about the soccer team had some sort of statement and mm-hmm. it seems to imply that, you know, the um, they were supporting, you know, gun control measures and everything, and you wonder, you know, um, like I said, what they, they seem to be uh, uh, silent when it comes down to other, you know, situations and everything like that. There, you know, whether it involves their own group or you know involves other, you know, tragedies and everything like mm-hmm. that. There, I, you know, there's many, like what happened in Waukesha. There, there was no statement from, you know, any part of the U of I regarding that. So, those are mm-hmm. you know my two points there. So, yeah. like I said, hopefully, you know, so appreciate the opportunity. Hey, no problem, Edmund. Hey, thank you. Okay. Bye. Appreciate it. Good to hear from you. Thank you. Uh, Nine forty-one at DWS. Uh, one thing it would—it's an interesting uh, because there has been talk. You know, people have thrown around the idea. Well, why not just arm teachers? You know, have them train them and have them armed and ready to. You know, if someone enters their classroom with a gun, you know, they take care of it. Um, or, you—you you know, that gets pretty dicey, obviously. And I don't know—I don't know how many teachers would be comfortable doing that. I—that would be hard to determine. Much less, you know, having a gun in a classroom as a teacher, the liability issues he mentioned, and you got kids in your room. I mean, it's that gets really dicey, but it uh, could get, I would think. But the other flip side of that, I guess, would be if you're someone who's intent on doing this, like the shooter in Uvalde, going in and doing this, would you have the presence of mind if you thought somebody inside? had guns and they were armed and you might not get out of there alive, would that make a difference to you? Or are you so determined to do this that you're going to go down in your mind in a blaze of glory regardless? I, I don't know. 
Whew, that's a whole another set of uh, discussions there you could have. So, uh, nine forty-two at News Talk fourteen hundred DWS <clears throat> on a penny for your thoughts. Uh, hi, Brian. One of your earlier shows, someone brought up the idea of having a person on that knows a lot about guns. I'd like to suggest Dan Cooley from the Bullet Trap in Macon, Illinois. He knows everything there is to know about guns and all of the Illinois laws and permits for guns. He was on a popular Decatur station once a week for several months talking guns before the show was canceled because the host of the show retired. As a bonus, he has a lot of radio experience, Ron says. Just my suggestion. That's a good one. Yeah, I'm I'm taking those because I'd be anxious to learn a little bit, you know, just about because there's so many terms and verbiage thrown around when it comes to guns, the type of guns, you know, how many rounds they fire, is it automatic, is it semi-automatic, is it assault weapon, is it this, is it that, and you just like, huh? I don't know about you, my head just starts spinning. I get glazed over because I just don't understand it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm open to suggestion. I've had two or three that have already come in over the last two or three days that people say, hey, you ought to get this guy on or this person on or this lady on uh, that can explain it. So, uh, 944 at News Talk 1400, DWS. Rudy. Hey, Brian. How are you? Hey, how are you, sir? Doing well, doing well. Um, I got a comment on the gun issue. Uh, a good friend of mine is a retired state trooper, and we were talking about this issue a few years ago, and his comment was if he didn't have any gun permit or FOID card and no legal way of purchasing a weapon that his statement was if he had enough money he could go and within two hours buy any weapon he wanted hmm. yeah without and without any of that stuff without any of that I mean hmm. money money's the driving force like it is in a lot of things I believe and and historically I mean, we a lot of us have watched the westerns, to where you got some guy selling guns illegally uh, to other factions or Indians, and I'm sure it probably happened soon after the advent of the firearm. Mm -hmm. So that's just my comment. I'm uh, uh, I'm like a lot of us were Larry, and I sure don't want to have to use a gun at all because I'm not, I mean, I'm no hunter. I I just go along and, and uh, hope nobody looks crossways at me. Hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, I closest thing I've ever, I fired a BB gun when I was a kid. And that's the extent yeah. of my, and the kickback on it about knocked my head off <laughs> when I did it. And that was about the last time I've done it. Uh, you know, but so I, I don't, I just don't know enough about them. You know, when people, you know, say, well, that person's not right. Cause it really doesn't do this. And I'm like, I don't have any idea. I'm like, and maybe yeah. I need to be better educated. I don't know. I just, um, it's well, one, of, it's one of those things that, um, it's complicated and they're, they're readily available. And, um, I do know that most people, you know, you're, you would be responsible. I would be responsible, but the people that are doing these um, shootings or yeah. killings or in our community crime, they don't care what the laws are. You know, they're going to get one regardless. They don't care. I mean that you know, and it's and it's such a low, low percentage of bad eggs 
out there. And I'm like you and a lot of other callers. I have, I don't have an answer of what should or should have been done to eliminate some of this action by these people. I just don't know. Yeah, because so many times, you know, I, is, and so many times, and you know this, Rudy. So many times you hear the ideas that maybe the president puts out or somebody puts out. Well, all those things they mention. None of those things involve what happened in Uvalde, or, I mean, <laughs> they wouldn't have stopped it if that guy wanted to do it. He's going to do it, right? Regardless and, of what you and, did. And so. Exactly. Uh, there's I mean, some of these schools. Uh, the size of some of them that we have, I don't know how many resource officers a, a, a school would have to have to adequately protect. Uh, a building like that and if you have say well we're only going to have one access point well that's fine as long as all the others are impossible to get into during the day mm -hmm. yeah so, i think the, anyway. and i think the newer school buildings are being built it seems like with with fewer access points you know what i mean i, I it seems yeah. to me and i could be wrong but i've seen a couple go up recently particularly muhammad you know where it's there's only one way in, really. I mean, uh, they got it blocked off. Now it's like courthouses. You know, when you and I yeah. were growing up, you could walk into a courthouse and and no pro you know, no security. I mean, very little. Yeah. And go in and out. And um, now it's you know a, lot, a little bit like a fortress, you know, to get in. So it is. So it is. It is. Well, I uh, I just hope we can get something to squelch some of this, and and because uh, I. I don't want any of my loved ones to be attacked and, you know, do harm to, and just like everyone else that's listening. So Absolutely. anyway, that's my two cents. Hey. And uh, thanks for thanks for letting us say our piece, Brian. You hey. do a great job. You bet. Thank you, Rudy. All right. Have a great day. Appreciate Bye. you. Yep, 948, a quick break. Back with more here in just a moment. Open line up until 11. All right, the last Howard Johnson's closed in upstate New York. And uh, the early years of uh, Howard Johnson, pretty interesting. 1925 is when it started. Eventually got into an ice cream recipe. <laughs> that was, um, well, they don't know exactly where it came from. Some sources say the recipe was based on his mother's homemade ice cream and desserts. Others say it came from a local German immigrant where he was in uh, Quincy, Massachusetts, and eventually opened up concession stands on the beachfront property along the coast of Massachusetts. They got into the hotel business. By 1954, there were 400 Howard Johnson's restaurants in uh, 32 states. Opened the first Motor Lodge, Howard Johnson Motor Lodge, in Savannah, Georgia in 1954. Uh, Howard Johnson Company went public in 1961. There were 605 restaurants, 265 company-owned, 340 franchised, 88 franchised Howard Johnson's Motor Lodges in 32 states and the Bahamas. And then it started to go downhill, and um, the last Howard Johnson's restaurant just closed here the last few days. Anyway, 9.52 at News Talk 1400 DWS, and I was asking for some input from you on the uh, Howard Johnsons here in 
Champaign and Urbana, one there on State Street, the other on Cunningham and Urbana. All righty, uh, 217-356-9397. Scott is with us. How are you doing, Scott? Good. Good, Brian. How are you? Good. Uh, talking about uh, the gun stuff, of course. Uh, you haven't heard anything much about the kid that did the killing over this last shooting at a school. It's mostly been about gun control and what to do about those and nothing about the kid or his reasoning or you know why he went into a grade school and did it and everybody wants to know what you can do about it well i think other than the family the government and the school boards need to take some of this responsibility too for the fact that uh they've pretty much taken disciplinary actions out of schools they've taken uh patriotism out of schools, no um, pledge allegiance. They've taken faith out of school, no Ten Commandments. Then you throw in the kids that don't have any structure at home with a father figure. You know, these kids nowadays just pretty much can get away with whatever they want. My grandson would tell me horror stories when he, he was going to Centennial, and he Tell them what kids could do and what the repercussions were was zero. Hmm. Um, I put a, little, a lot of uh, stock in that theory. And yeah. then, to me, he tells me that uh, they will get me wrong about average kids. Average kids, average kids, just like after this last graduation at Centennial, I heard that average kids were getting... Uh, scholarships and grants and iPads and kids that went through four years of high school with straight A's, 4.0 averages, got a plaque. So to me, it seems like you aren't, and let alone they got rid of the gifted classes. So you've you've gotten rid of the uh, kids trying to accomplish something. And they've worked their butts off, and it sounds like they're just rewarding just basic students. You know, mm-hmm. they talk about why this country is so far behind in science and math. Well, to me, I'm kind of thinking the government and the schools have kind of lost their way about priorities in this country itself. Mm-hmm. Like I said, if you don't have any respect for teachers, which it doesn't sound like many of them do, you know, that's where it starts. That's, they're supposed to get you ready for life. Hmm. Well, these kids nowadays are getting ready through life with a gun because they aren't afraid of anybody. Hmm. So, all right, that's that's, that's, that's just my opinion, and there I you think go. Uh, the schools and the government have a lot to do with it. So, hey. let's see if anybody wants to contradict me. All right. Hey, thank you, Scott. Okay, thank you. Yep, have a good uh, weekend. Bye. Enjoy the great weather. 9.56 at DWS. What is scary and what's been frightening, and I I don't have the story in front of me, but there was a, a list of the uh, mass shootings at schools, and it is stunning how many of them were done by 18-year-old, 17-year-old kids. You know, um, what... What gets you to that point in life at that age to go do that? I mean, that's what's really scary.
and um, it's it's been a lot more frequent than you realize in that age range, you know, late teens, early twenties. Uh, Dave is with us here at nine fifty-seven. You got a couple of minutes. Hi, Dave. Good morning. Good morning. Um, with regard to the guns thing, uh, number one, uh, Ursula called the other day. And she was trying to, she wanted to know why the AR-15 surfaced. Well, in 2006, the uh, legislatures out there in Washington, D.C. lifted all the ban on those kinds of weapons and extended uh, magazines. And that's where the uh, guns all started popping up. Mm. And I have to admit, I'm one that, I'm glad that they lifted that restriction, not because I intend to go blow something up, but because I wanted one of those guns or one of those magazines. The other thing is, I think the gun is getting a bad rap because it's not the gun, it's the person pulling the trigger. And myself, I think we need to stop. One of the things that's causing the problem is these individuals that are inciting all of these crazy people into doing some of this nonsense. You got um, President Trump preaching that he wants a uh, ex-President Trump, that he preaching another civil war. You got uh, Kozar saying the thing in the U- in the- in Texas was started and done by a left-wing, radical, faggot, converted individual. And you've also got Madam Madison Kissinger, that, uh, or Madison Hawthorne, excuse me, that wants a mega because he lost his primary election. And Marjorie Taylor Greene, every once in a while you see her with this ad pushing, let's go shoot things with the guns. I think that's one of the things we need to be controlling. Mm, rhetoric, yeah. Hey, hey, Dave, thank you, sir. I'm out of time, but thank you. You bet. Appreciate it. All right, 959 at DWS. A lot of passion on this, of course, uh, both locally and nationally. We'll talk some more about it, and I do have my uh, coin flip history. I do want to get to that. I promised it. I will deliver here at the top of the next hour. We'll continue all this. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana News next. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM, WDWS. You can join in on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or send an email to talk at wdws.com. Now, here again, Brian Barnhart. All right, hour number two of A Penny for Your Thoughts. Good to have you with us here. As we uh, move along here on this uh, Friday, 217-356-9397 is our number. Text line is 217-351-5357, and you can email us, talk at 
com. All right, real quick, I'm going to uh, get back to the phones here. We'll get back to the serious uh, topics of the day. But uh, a couple of the uh, famous coin flips of all time. Uh, some involve sports, some don't. Uh, 1903, Wilbur and Orville Wright flipped a coin to see who would attempt the first airborne flight. Wilbur won and couldn't keep the plane in the air. They repaired the plane, and three days later, Orville nailed the second flight. <laughs> All right, the Wright brothers, all right? Uh, let's see here. 1979 NBA draft, the Bulls lost the famous Magic Johnson coin flip. Then lost it a second time when everyone thought the overthinking at Lakers might pick Sidney Moncrief over Magic before the Lakers came to their senses. And then a third time when Chicago picked David Greenwood over Moncrief. Okay, there was one. All right, uh, 1969 NBA draft, coin flip. The Milwaukee Bucks got Lou Alcindor, later Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Now, he wound up, of course, in Los Angeles, but the future six-time MVP played for 20 years, won six titles. On the head side of things for Phoenix, they took Neil Walk, W-A-L-K, who turned out to be not as good, of course. Uh, 1970 NFL Draft, 1-13 Bears and the 1-13 Steelers with a coin flip. Steelers let Chicago call the flip. The Bears panicked and called heads. Pittsburgh landed Terry Bradshaw and eventually four Super Bowls. Chicago wound up trading its pick to Green Bay, who ended up with some tackle named Mike McCoy. This is the one I like. 1984 NBA Draft. Houston wins back-to-back coin flips. Ralph Sampson in 1983. Akeem Elijah won in 1984. Okay, they won the coin flip both times. If Portland would have won the flip in 1984, the Blazers would have taken Hakeem Olajuwon and left Michael Jordan for the Rockets. Instead, they lost the flip and panic-picked Sam Bowie. Of course, the Bulls wound up with Michael Jordan. A whopping eight NBA titles swung on that coin flip. Houston's back-to-back victories and the coin flip infuriated everyone else so much the NBA dumped the coin flips for a lottery system and the Knicks wound up with Patrick Ewing as a result of that one. And, of course, the uh, one I like, too, if you've seen the movie, it's Secretariat. If you haven't, you should. It's really good. But uh, Penny Chenery and Ogden Phipps flipped a coin for the first pick of two foals that Bold Ruler had sired. Phipps won the toss and picked a foal born from Bold Ruler and Hasty Matelda. Penny Chenery had to settle for Secretariat. (laughs) And that turned out okay. And, of course, the sad one, as legend would have it, Richie Valens or Tommy Alsup, the guitarist in Holly's band, a a guitarist in Holly's band, were up for the last seat on Buddy Holly's plane. They flipped a coin, Valens won, and everyone perished when that plane crashed. So there's a uh, a sad result of a coin. This would have been sad either way, but it turned out to be Richie Valens was on that plane. And the writer of this says even Bears fans agree that was way worse than not getting Terry Bradshaw. Anyway, just found that interesting. Some of the great coin flips. That one from 84, though, that's a, that's a great one. Uh, and the Bulls fans are very happy it turned out that way. 10-15 at News Talk 1400 DWS. John is with us here. Good morning, John. Hey, good morning, Brad. Hey, good to have you with us. Um, you forgot the uh, Howard Johnson ice cream parlor on Blazing Saddles. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in there. That's right. Yeah, um, I well, looked that I up. Everybody is talking about the, uh, you know, the AR-15. Now we had the M1 in World War II, but they needed to find a lighter weapon for the military. So they come up with the M16, which is a, as a there was another I think an M14. But they come up with the M16, then they came up with the M16A1 with the forward assist. Now, if you look at that AR-15, there was two versions made. There's a semi and an automatic. Now, if you realize it, all you need, and I'm not trying to get nobody to do nothing crazy, if you get a drill and a nail, you can make that semi-automatic an automatic. I carried one for 10 years in the Special Forces. And, you know, some things you just had to modify when you had to work it. But either way it go, it is a military-grade weapon. And believe it or not, the M16 were made by Mattel Toy Company. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. So how did the AR-15 so, get so prevalent just in general? Well, you, well, you got to what, – what we'll do is when the military, uh, the police – I think it was the early 80s when they were walking around, or mid-80s, they were walking around with camouflage, all the tactical gear, and the AR-15 – the change the modified way of carrying a weapon, you carried the the um, the muzzle upright. But when the AR-15 came out, you carried the, the butt of the weapon up and the muzzle down. And I guess it looked more tactical. And from there, that's where it all come in at. Hmm. Even when they tried to get the uh, governor of Michigan, you see all the tactical gear and all the AR-15s. Now, some guy had an M60 machine gun up there. Now, if he had a firing pin in there, he can be arrested. You can't have that weapon on the street, an M60 machine gun or an M60 uh, automatic machine gun. You have to have the firing pin out of it. Hmm. Not even on display. You can't have the firing pin in it. Wow. Interesting. It's just a crazy thing with weapons. Yeah, it But is. all this tactical gear make you look like G.I. Joe. And you think that's that's the way it goes. Hmm. Hey, John, thanks for the info. I appreciate it. Uh, have a good weekend. Yes, Go sir. Cubby. You, you, yeah, <laughs> Cubbies and Cardinal. That's right. Uh, they won last okay, night. Thank you, you, sir. Yep. They won last night. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. And John mentioned the um, Blazing Saddles for Howard Johnson's 1974 film Blazing Saddles set in 1874. A joke is made recreating the town of Rock Ridge right down to the orange roof on the Howard Johnson's outhouse and signage boosti- boasting one flavor. The character named Howard Johnson was played by John Hillerman. 1984 comedy film Top Secret set in East Germany. A spy arranges to meet one of the main characters at Howard Johnson's, which never had any locations in East Germany. <laughs> okay, Lawrence is up next. Hi, Lawrence. Hi, Lawrence. You probably ought to turn your phone down. (laughs) Okay, Lawrence is up next. Hi, Lawrence. Hello, Lawrence. Hi, Lawrence. You probably ought to turn your phone down. Okay, I don't think he's there. All right, you can call me back. Uh, 217-356. It's kind of weird hearing the reverb there. Uh, 217-356-9397. Text line is 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at WDWS.com. All right, some of the uh, texts and emails that have come in here over the last uh, few minutes. 
Now, regardless of everyone's feelings on guns, I encourage everyone to learn the basics about firearms. Otherwise, you will buy everything the media sells you. They just try to use words about guns to scare people into agreeing with their point of view. Educate yourselves, uh, this listener says. Uh, good morning, Brian. I'm not from Muhammad Seymour, but 97.9 million sounds extremely high to me. What was the recent champagne bond referendum? 120 million. Now, there, you, when you say recent, I, that's been a few years ago now, right? The uh, champagne bond referendum, 120 million. Surely there'd be a more reasonable solution than this proposal. What would this amount to on an average home, an acre of farm ground? Well, I don't know all the uh, answers there, but I do have a little bit of information. Uh, from the Muhammad Daily, uh, the uh, house of a market valued $150,000, if this passed with a referendum, would see a $414 annual tax increase on uh, property taxes. A market value of 200000 would be about a 570 annual tax increase. House valued at 250 would see 727 300884 uh, and it goes up from there, so... Anyway, that's uh, those are some of the numbers. You go to the Muhammad Daily article from back, uh, I don't know what the date is on this, February 21st. You can look for that. Hopefully that's helpful. Uh, hi, Brian. Please watch the 60-minute episode about what the AR-15 does to the human body. It should be illegal to own. Um, and I'll eagle to have as well as the bullets. I don't know what that means. Just like we can't have grenades or bazookas. Hi, Brian. I find it interesting every time I hear the government reporting jobs growth, even CNN reported in May of this year where we were still 1.6 million jobs shy of pre-COVID-19 pandemic employment. Is it really accurate for the government to report those jobs as growth when we are still trying to restore pre-pandemic employment levels? Uh, your guest earlier needed to focus on how costs will be properly estimated and then controlled. The Champaign School District completely mismanaged the latest projects. Uh, the overruns approach 50%. Uh, talked about one access point, and I was just, this was just totally my observation. I mean, I, I just noticed the the elementary school they built out where I live. Um, at one time, when they were first building it, the playground area was accessible. You could just walk in and you could see the playground area and the swing, and this was in the early stages before they added on. And now that's completely enclosed. It's still in there. And that's what I was referring to, that some of the access points have been um, reduced, I would think, and just in that regard. Now, one person points out, says one access point is stupid and against fire code. Well, yeah, I mean, you got fire code uh, rules you have to do, and I don't know what all those are uh, in regards to that. And they may have, they'd probably have multiple entrances. Um, I know they do with the, where the kids line up for the buses and et cetera. But uh, somebody asked uh, when the guest about my guest earlier, what type of security would be in place for the protection of staff and students? I'm sure that those are considerations as they go along. Uh, let's see here. What else? Uh, arming teachers, question mark. I'll bet two-thirds of teachers are philosophically opposed to handling a gun. It would be like mandating all doctors to do abortions regardless of their beliefs. Yeah, that's what, and that's what I was talking about. I mean, somebody suggested, you know, would you want to think about arming teachers with that? And that's kind of my initial gut feeling is I don't know how many teachers would even want to do that or think about that. 
But then on the other side, as I said earlier, would someone who was looking to do harm to children in a school, would you think twice about it if you thought there was a chance that you're going to get taken down by a teacher or somebody inside the school? But then again, on the other side, if somebody's reaching the point where they're going to go do that, are they rational even to think that? Are they just going to do it? I, I don't know. Uh, all these people defending gun access, blaming mental health and family structure, are letting everyone's kids get killed at school, a listener says. We aren't the only country to have mental issues. We are the only country to have the Second Amendment. And anyone can have children when they fail raising them and neglect them due to no money. The family is investigated, children sometimes removed, parents taking parenting classes, taxpayers give the parents money, etc., Children being not raised right is our problem. Every, everything is licensed is re- everything is licensed and regulated these days. So how about requiring a license with proof of income and parenting classes, mental evaluations in order to have children? <laughs> yeah. Uh, good luck with that. Uh, there's an unpopular thought, but sure would help with current troubles. Yeah, I don't. I know what you're uh, what you're driving at, and uh, on paper, I guess that sounds good, but um, I don't think that's going to work. Ten twenty-five. I'll just say that. All right, back in a moment here on Penny for your thoughts. All right, hold on. Yeah, till Saturday, right? Tomorrow? Uh, 1029, good luck to all the uh, sports teams. Unity Rockets in softball up at State. Muhammad's got softball today. Uh, baseball tomorrow against Chatham Glenwood. I think Reed Detmer's uh, younger brother is pitching. My uh, stepson will be involved in that game too, so we're looking forward to that tomorrow. Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven. This uh, news hour brought to you by Luther Falls Custom Kitchens, Granite and Quartz. Prices starting at just thirty five dollars per square foot installed. Twenty seven oh six North Mattis Avenue, Champaign. Visit online at lutherfalls.com. Chad Everett is the owner of Precision Painting. Angie, Angie, Angie. That's my sister's name. Angie's List Reviews, A rated. The recipient of the Super Service Award from Angie's List. Winter rates, the lowest of the year, but uh, this time of the year, you can uh, get a lot done with the uh, summertime indoor, a lot of light. You can see uh, what's going on uh, in your house when it comes to the paint and the colors, and uh, they can help with all this. They can help uh, make your walls look brand new again. They can remove the old wallpaper, the paneling we put up in our old house years ago, dated popcorn ceilings, etc. All of that can be removed. They'll move the furniture. They'll help you pick the colors. They'll uh, make it easy for you, and they'll do it at a good price. 217-637-6288 is the number to call, or you can go to the website, com. Eric is with us. How you doing, Eric? Good morning. Yep. Um, I've got, I got a couple things. Uh, when you had the, uh, the surgeon in, uh, was it yesterday? 
Oh, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. About yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem with that was that was a pre-recorded interview. Yes. Because I tried to call in on that. Now, was Lindsey Hall pre-recorded today as well? No. Well, then why weren't there – was there was no interaction between any callers and Lindsey Hall. It was, it was All it was was a fluff piece for this referendum. It just it, – it, 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 I don't know what purpose that served because – there was no point counterpoint to that. Well, about, I, I thought I thought you were going to call. I, I didn't get any calls. Really? Yeah. I was listening. Oh. Hmm. Okay. Um, another <laughs> uh, aspect that I but, well, we're, we, we there's plenty to talk about and, and uh, with regard to that and uh, I I attend a lot of school board meetings and and so I'm kind of kind of close to the pulse on this and I I just think that you know you you've got a school board president who is a realtor and that seems to me to be a conflict i mean you keep you know submitting over farmland and you got more properties and you're just always going to be pressure on the schools isn't there hmm. you know because they're, they're, they're more you know you assume when you build a house that there's probably going to be children in that house or a lot of uh, preponderance of the time hmm. and so you know it's a never-ending cycle and and, and then i i like to she she had something to say about is having the money saved up. Well, if you don't put an impact fee on new on new construction, you're always going back to the people that have lived in the town, you know, a, a long time and making them pay for all these new people to come here. And I just think that that's a that's a terrible imbalance, and that that needs to be addressed. Hmm. And I have one more uh, uh, thing. It's, it's not related. Um, when Jeff Delisio was on uh, last week, I believe. Yeah, I think I so. I sent a yeah. text message mm-hmm. asking him about demographics. You're talking about violence and you know all that uh, that type of mm-hmm. element that you do on Wednesdays. You kind of suspended that, but uh, you know, I I wanted to know what demographics were locally because he was qu- he was quick to you know uh, annotate race and color and everything else when he's talking about Buffalo and some of the other uh, mass shootings, etc. And uh, I just wondered why, why, why doesn't he talk about our own town and what, you know, who, who the people are, where the actors are, uh, causing all this mayhem in our streets and, and everything else. So I, and, and you edited my text, and it's not the first time, Brian. I really wish that you would read them as, as I, I don't need an editor. I'm, I'm not swearing. I'm not using profanity, nothing like that. Hmm. So in the future, I would appreciate not editing my text. I don't know if anyone else is having that problem, but uh, that's my problem, and I'd really appreciate it if you refrain from doing that. All right, sir. Hey, thank you. Thanks. Yep. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Ten thirty. Go to Soda Fest. Uh, Ten thirty-four at DWS. Ten thirty-seven on a uh, penny for your thoughts here. News Talk fourteen hundred DWS. We did have Dr. Lindsey Hall on from the uh, Muhammad Seymour School District Superintendent on the referendum there on uh, June the twenty-eighth, and uh, there are other viewpoints out there on it, and uh, we'll probably dig into some of those too. I mean, uh, that was one side of it. That's uh, she's very much a proponent of it. A lot of folks are, a lot of teachers are, but you can tell by the school board vote was four to three. So not everybody was totally on board with the plan that they're proposing, and that, and that's okay. Um, and we'll maybe hear from some, you know, one of those folks uh, here along the way too, and uh, kind of give the other side of the 
coin, why they, maybe they think that's not the plan to do. But uh, that's hey, that's why we have uh, shows like this. You know, everybody's got their opinion and got their thoughts. And uh, let's see here, Brian. This is long. Uh, Jackson says, "Okay, so I may not read it word for word here. Okay, but Muhammad Canada is going to make a law to abolish handguns and restrict all other guns to magazines that can only hold five rounds." The radio talk show hosts are poo-pooing these ideas. At least Canada's addressing a portion of one of the two basic items all mass shooters have. These two items are the rate of fire and two, volume of fire. Nothing anyone is talking about doing will stop mass shootings. Our Second Amendment, which people scream, oh, which people scream about, has no language regarding the rate and or volume of fire from any weapon. Anyone can be a mass murderer with a semi-automatic weapon, pistol, shotgun, or long rifle. Uh, you simply keep pulling the trigger until you run out of rounds, then reload. The only thing that will stop most mass shootings is to create a national law for semi-auto weapons along the lines of the 1934 National Firearms Act. Primarily, the act addressed the number of mass shootings by gangs with machine guns. It's a large act, but interesting to read about its history, how it helped Franklin Roosevelt as uh, president, and the fact the NRA has supported it. You might be surprised by all the similar events we've been dealing with. I've sent these comments to all my federally elected officials. And he's got the National Firearms Act, and uh, you can look that up on Wikipedia. So there you go. All right, let me see where I'm at here on my list. 217-351-5357. Hi, Brian. When was the last time... We've seen a mass murder scene at a county or federal courthouse. Why do people think events like this don't happen? Schools are obviously the target of deranged shooters. If security works at a courthouse, it'll work for a school. It's really that simple. Uh, hi, Brian. We have schools in Champaign Unit 4 with only a only on okay with only one public access that you're buzzed into a glassed-in lobby where they can check to see if you are a threat. It took 12 minutes for the Uvalde shooter to get into the school. It took more than 30 minutes for the SWAT team to get to the school. If there would have been an armed and trained RSO officer in the building, uh, is it RSO or SRO, school resource officer in the building, they would have been in the location of the possible entry of the shooter to stop the shooter. The resource officer and staff of the school could do training and make sure the doors are properly secured to stop entry. There is a bipartisan bill in the Senate to pay for this training and harden the school, and it sits there unhurt because it doesn't include enough gun control. Okay, uh, let's see a little further down. A lot of texts and emails here. I'm just kind of sorting through them all. Uh, hey, Daniel Greenfield nailed this, a listener says. The left is always good for easy solutions to take away agency from individuals and invested in a central authority in order to solve the unsolvable problems of human nature. Individuals make individual decisions, often with horrible results. Holding individuals accountable for their horrible decisions is the only way to influence better decisions. Blaming and punishing the innocent will in no way influence individuals who make horrible decisions and act upon them, and that actually enables morally depraved individuals to continue their atrocities. Uh, Hi, Brian. The caller was correct. Hard work and achievement among students can't be celebrated because of the woke agenda. 
achievement equates to, quote, white privilege, the soccer mentality of everyone gets a juice box, and a trophy needs to stop. Hard work and excellence need to be rewarded, not mediocrity. Hi, Brian. Have you heard anyone calling for the banning of alcoholic drinks since the beer and whiskey is killing people in car accidents and causing people to lose their license and go in debt because of fines? How about banning cigarettes since they're killing people from lung cancer? Has anyone been asking for fast food restaurants be banned since they're killing people from obesity? My point is the above items, and including guns, do not kill people. It's a person's choice to use, and responsibly, alcohol, tobacco, food, and guns are harmless on their own. And talking about coin flips, uh, some might remember in 2006, the listener says, the county board race in District 9 was a tie between Barb Wysocki and Lisa Bell. The election was decided by flipping a quarter, and it went to Wysocki. The consequences became a Steve Beckett-led initiative to send to spend $6.8 million more tax dollars to rebuild the county courthouse Bell Clock Tower. All right, appreciate those thoughts. That tower has turned out pretty well, though, don't you think? It looks good. Uh, M16 rifles were not ba- made by Mattel, a listener says. A uh, listener says, John is incorrect. Mattel did not manufacture the M16. Mattel did manufacture the plastic handguard for the M16. Have a good weekend, Steve says. Uh, Brian, why wouldn't somebody want to carry a firearm to protect the children in their charge? I think there's a shortage of heroes. Uh, another text says, it's worth noting that most of the mass shootings are in gun-free zones where the bad guys know the least resistance will be. Um, I text a lot with a slight Democratic slant. That's a joke. It's very Democrat. And Brian never edits my text. He even reads the misspellings, LOL. Okay. All right, 1044 at Newstalk 1400 DWS. Back in a moment here on A Penny for Your Thoughts. All right, back on a penny for your thoughts. News Talk 1400 DWS here as we uh, roll along here today on this uh, Friday. Wanted to mention uh, one of our sponsors here on a penny for your thoughts is Gallo Miller Paint and Collision Repair. If you've had some uh, accident stuff happen to you, whether it's your fault or someone else, it's a hassle. Collision repair is the last place you want to be dealing with all this stuff. But the folks at Gallo Miller can make it at least... As pleasant as it can be in that scenario, dealing with the insurance, dealing with everything else, 217-353-0770 is the number, where action speaks louder than words. They're on the south side of I-74 between the Neal and Prospect exits. And uh, for starting Gallo Miller, Bill Gallo ran body shops for other owners. They're hands-on. Dave Miller is very experienced dealing with the insurance companies. The insurance companies have a language all their own when it comes to technical things and that's not a knock on them that's just their business you know anybody in a certain specialized area they they know all the terms and they throw them around i mean it's easy for me to do that in radio there are things i throw around terminology we use in this business that you may or may not understand what i'm talking about and that happens but when it's insurance in your car and you're trying to get it repaired you don't you know you just want somebody to take care of it just get it done and they'll do that south side of i-74 between the neil and prospect exits 
Uh, hi, Brian. Thanks for reading my text. I like what Louis Gomert said yesterday. He said, if you look at all the high gun control cities, that's where the greatest amount of crime is. Another text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line says, the First Amendment is the first for a reason. The Second Amendment is there in case the first one doesn't work out. <laughs> that's an interesting take on it. Uh, Zoe's with us. Hi, Zoe. Good morning. Hey, Brian. A uh, couple things. Uh, I, I've been reading, I think there may be kind of a link between, I'm not, I'm not, this is opinion, uh, Beta O'Rourke and this Texas killings at the school. And I say killings deliberately because it's really not about the gun, it's about the killings. And people have killed, dri- driven deliberately into crowds with cars to kill people like in Wisconsin. And it d- didn't get as much publicity as uh, I noticed after... Uh, uh, it's a funny thing. And then, of course, we know that right after this, these things happen, supposedly just by chance, then they bring up all the thing about legislating against people having guns. And the, the other thing I'd like to know is um, how many of these killers have been on uh, serotonin reuptake inhibitors? And uh, that you don't almost dare to talk about that because we know the pharmaceutical industry is huge in advertising so good luck bringing that up on a major network. Hmm. I don't even know what those are. What? What? It's, what? it's like, well, I hate to mention names, but uh, you know, Paxil and uh, uh, those other uh, antidepressants, and uh, they—if you read the package inserts—it talks about how they can cause people to, uh, for one thing, they lower your inhibition of of you know, like if you normally if you aren't taking them maybe you had you wouldn't do something that you mm. might do mm-hmm. if you're on them and um they have uh and some people there have been suicides people taking them and especially young people they can be dangerous and i would love to know how many of these but like i said you won't find that talked about very much mm. but dr peter bragan if you ever want to read more about this dr peter bragan has written extensively on this uh, on this topic and other very fascinating topics. Mm. So Peter and Ginger Bregan, and they have several books too. And he's he's I think he's known as the conscience of psychiatry. And so um, if you really want to know more about, you might check him out. Okay. Hey, thank you, Zoe. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven. Uh, let's see here. Oh, there's a couple other things I was going to look at here real quick. Oh, I mentioned Donut Day and Egg Day, right? We got some donuts delivered. That was nice <laughs> to the station on National Donut Day. That's cool. Uh, 1051 at uh, DWS on a, a penny for your thoughts. Uh, let me do the break here real quick, and then I'll come back and finish up with a couple of texts and a couple of phone calls here. Uh, 1051, I, I want to get to this next, uh, the, the VI, VS Vison uh, update, Brent Musburger does, because Brent just announced within the last hour he's no longer the radio play-by-play voice for the Raiders. Many thanks to the Raiders for fond memories. I'll miss broadcasting partner Lincoln Kennedy and the radio production crew. Brent Musburger just tweeted that in the last uh, hour. So he's been the uh, voice of the Oakland Raiders and then the Las Vegas Raiders, and he's out, apparently. So here he is. He still does this, though. Here's our buddy Brent. All right, we're back, heading into a uh, what's nice weather weekend here. 83 today, low of 54 tonight, 83 tomorrow, some sun on Sunday and a high of 84. Great uh, weekend here in early June. Good luck to all the uh, 
local sports teams. High school, that's going to be a fun weekend with that. So good luck there. Uh, Ryan Dallas Real Estate, if you're looking to move a home, buy a home, move your home quicker, give them a call. Check out their website, ryandallasre.com, number one in client satisfaction, number one in home sold. They uh, they do it right, and they do it fast, and they'll get it done for you. So uh, go to their website, ryandallasre.com, for more information on all the things they offer, coming soon program, and um, just helping you find those homes. Man, you get a home on the market at least up to this point, you get it on there, it goes fast before you even knew it's there. All right, back to the phones here, 1056 to Herb. Good morning, Herb. Good morning, Brian. How are you today? Good. What's up? Oh, you know, <laughs> uh, I suppose you could tell maybe I'm a little, uh, I try to be an independent voter. Mm-hmm. I'm a little, I'm right of center, let's say that, you okay. know. But I became closer to the center in 94 when the Contract of America was made all those promises and the Republicans didn't live up to any of it. So I became a little closer to the center. But one thing that's pretty universal right now, there seems to be not any spirit of uh, compromise at all among the politicians. Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, and uh, Biden is, well, I am down on Biden because I think, I, I like common sense. Uh, I'd rather have that than so much, uh, oh, it, so much education, more common sense. But anyway, you cannot, uh, Mr. Biden and his speech said they want to get something done. And then right away, Schumer and he both started talking about the Republicans had no value on life. You can't go into a discussion when you start out by, by pretty well alienating the other side right off the bat. No, that's right. You know? No, that's a good point. Hey, Herb, i got to go. I'm up against the clock, but thank you. Uh, okay. Good, good point, uh, yeah. And I think, uh, and to Herb's point, is the way districts are drawn and incumbency is so strong, if you're in a really liberal district – and you're really liberal voters because it's drawn that way. They want you to not compromise with those evil Republicans. Well, guess what? You're not going to compromise. And if you're in a really conservative district and you get voted in by your constituents by a wide margin and the way it's drawn, you're really conservative. Your conservative voters, they don't they don't why are you why are you talking to that guy? Why are you even on the same side? Why are you even giving the governor praise for what he did? I mean, you hear that, you know, with the Irvin ads. Or, you know, heaven forbid we be nice to each other. Oh, my goodness. Why would you do that? <laughs> and that's what, unfortunately, what um, what he's right. That's why we've been politically so divided. And uh, you just look at the, the people that are in the House of Representatives in particular and um, – they're just not they're just talking past each other. All right, but we're visiting with you each day and we appreciate you being there. Thank you so much for being with us today on this Friday. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the weather. This is WDWS Champaign Urbana. We'll see you on Monday.